part of the problem that we're running into is because they're uh, putting these facilities in rural areas, that at the county level, there may not be any requirements that the county imposes. And so they believe that with their license from Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority, and then they check with the county, and the county says, we don't have any specific requirements. They think at that point they're good to go. So there's a little bit of a breakdown in communication and them understanding that they have to come to us and submit their plans and apply for a permit. You're listening to OMAG All Access, a podcast about all things affecting municipalities in Oklahoma, hosted by OMAG Executive Director, Susie Paulson. Hi, this is Susie Paulson, and I'm here today with Keith Bryant, who is the, I guess, new-ish state fire marshal. And we're going to talk about some issues that the state fire marshal's having, and whether it's jurisdictional issues with medical marijuana Cities, you know, um, not requiring permits and things like that that they should be getting through the state fire marshal's office. But I thought first I'd let you talk about just an overview of the agency and what your responsibilities are, and we'll, we'll go from there. Well, the Oklahoma State Fire Marshal's Office is probably similar to any, you know, city fire prevention or fire marshal's office. Our jurisdiction primarily is unincorporated areas of the state. Any state property, state-owned or state-leased buildings, prisons, state parks, so those types of properties as our, our primary jurisdiction. And within those areas, we enforce building and fire codes. We do conduct fire investigations. We have 12 agents that are assigned throughout the state. They you know, divide the counties up equally among themselves. They all cover a certain area. But obviously they do overlap and work with one another at times, especially if there's a safety concern when they have to respond to either investigate or conduct an inspection, something like that. And there's about uh, five administrative staff, including myself, uh, here in downtown Oklahoma City. Okay, yeah. And we were talking about this earlier. You're currently at Shepherd Mall, but yeah. hopefully moving soon. Yeah, we'll probably be moving over back to the Capitol grounds uh, next summer. Okay, mm-hmm. well, awesome. So let's talk about some of the biggest issues that you're having the state fire marshal's office. One of the things that you were talking about is is just medical marijuana grow facilities. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't aware of this, but they have to be permitted by the state fire marshal's office. And a lot of them are out of compliance with that. So maybe just to give us a, an overview of what's required and how they can get in compliance or maybe how a city could learn more about this if they don't know about it either. Okay. Well, as I said, our jurisdiction is in unincorporated areas of the state. And a lot of these grow facilities are in rural areas. So they would fall under our jurisdiction. Now, we look at them in the building classification of a factory. So just like any other factory producing whatever type of product, whatever requirements are in place for a factory facility, that's what we uh, look at uh, medical marijuana grow facilities as. You know, one of the biggest problems, I think, misconceptions, if you will, is that a lot of these uh, buildings at these grow facilities are more of a greenhouse type facility. So they're plastic sided, you know, to allow sunlight and so forth in. And that would fall more over under an agricultural uh, classification. But when they come in and put the lighting that they do in for the grow operation, they introduce carbon dioxide uh, systems, things like that then they become a factory and fall under that building classification. 
I think what we're seeing out there, it, it's just the uptick in the sheer volume of uh, grow facilities that are being put in place uh, throughout the state. It's astronomical, really. And so much so that our agency, like other state agencies, are having a hard time keeping up with just the sheer volume in terms of what their responsibility is. So, as you said, our responsibility is permitting. So what we would require of them to do, like any other factory or commercial uh, business, is to submit plans to us, uh, submit an application for a permit, and we review those plans to make sure that the structure that they're going to build is in compliance with the state minimum code. Uh, once we do that, then we issue the permit. They can start the construction process. And along that process, uh, you know, we do conduct about three on-site inspections, the one being the final inspection to make sure that that building is in full compliance with fire code. And uh, then we issue a permit to occupy. Part of the problem that we're running into is because they're putting these facilities in rural areas, that at the county level, there may not be any requirements that the county imposes. And so they believe that with their license from Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority, and then they check with the county, and the county says, we don't have any specific requirements. They think at that point they're good to go. So there's a little bit of a breakdown in communication and them understanding that they have to come to us and submit their plans and apply for a permit through us so they can be properly permitted. And so that leads us to kind of where we're at now. And this is just like, we, we believe there's, a, there's probably around 8,500 licensed grow facilities in the state, and we believe we've probably only permitted about 20% of them. So how does this affect, so you've talked about counties and unincorporated rural areas. How does this affect cities? So if you have cities that have zoning Mm -hmm. and maybe seem to have a a hold on this, and maybe they do have code inspectors, Mm -hmm. does the grow facility still have to go to the state fire marshal's office and get a permit? No, if they're within the municipal limits of a city, and that city has authority having jurisdiction within those limits, then it would be up to that city to do whatever permitting, licensing, inspections uh, required by that city. And as long as that meets the minimum state code, then we have no issue with that and we wouldn't have any involvement in that. So I think you mentioned authority having jurisdiction, which again was was something I had no idea was a thing. There are cities who, this may not be the right way to say it, but they sign over their authority to the state fire marshal's office to permit and inspect these growth facilities. Is that a fair way to say that? Well, it probably works more the opposite because by default, they would be under our jurisdiction. Okay. Now, the city can submit for authority having jurisdiction in their city. In fact, there's some counties that even have done that. Very few. But they would uh, submit to us. It's really a, a form that they fill out complete. and It has to have uh, three signatures on it from either city or county officials. But it's basically a statement or an affirmation that they would, at a minimum, adhere to state building and fire code. So several cities have done that, and we, have, we maintain a list of that. They have to, I think, uh, resubmit like every three years. So if they do that, then they're the authority having jurisdiction. And again, they can go above the state minimum code. You know, example would be Oklahoma City, Tulsa. They have more stringent codes than the state minimum. And those councils in those cities and other cities have adopted those codes. Uh, That's perfectly fine. 
And so, but it's their responsibility at that point to enforce those codes. OMAG All Access would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. For your time, we would like to offer you the chance to win a pair of OMAG All Access Bluetooth headphones. To enter, all you have to do is head to www.omag.org forward slash all access and click on the corresponding image at the top of the screen. The password for each episode will change, so make sure you are always up to date on the newest episode of OMAG All Access by subscribing with your favorite podcast app. The password for this episode is FIRE. Follow the directions on the giveaway page and you will be entered. Good luck. Part of what brought up this whole conversation is I had gotten an email from a city who was asking about this and asking about their authority having jurisdiction. And so when I called you, you had to learn me up on it, so to speak. And so if a city wanted to find out if maybe a prior council or a prior manager or prior elected officials, whatever it is, had signed this authority having jurisdiction because a lot of times what happens in these cities is you have turnover in the manager's position or in council and so they don't know who has authority or if that authority's been assigned to the taken over by the city or if the state has authority or whatever that is so how would a city find out if one of those um, authority having jurisdiction applications has been sent to the state fire marshal's office. We maintain a list in our office, so it's just a simple call to our office to make sure whether they're on that list or not. Okay. And then if they are on that list, then the enforcement would be with the city. If they're not on that list, then they could have the state fire marshal's office come out and do an inspection or a permit would have to be required at that point? Yes. Okay. Have you seen an uptick in cities maybe revoking their authority having jurisdiction? When it comes to these issues? There's been some. We recently got a notification from a fairly large city in the southwestern part of the state that they were no longer the authority having jurisdiction, so that that falls back on us now. And that happens. I think what we've seen, especially with the uh, legalization of medical marijuana and the, you know, huge uptick in these either grow facilities or dispensaries, some cities are looking at it that may not have authority having jurisdiction are looking at it that there's possible revenue and permitting and so forth. And that's fine. We at the state fire marshal's office actually promote as much local control as possible. So we actually think that you accepting authority having jurisdiction in your city, town, what have you, is a good thing. We just want people to understand the responsibilities that they're accepting by taking that on. And I don't think it's, in some cases, not thought through very well. They just see that there's the potential for additional revenue. So uh, a lot of what we've been doing is meeting with such groups as like the Oklahoma Fire Chiefs Association, the Oklahoma County Commissioners Association, and discussing that very thing. And and again, trying to take the marijuana issue out of it. And again, if you uh, are interested and again, being the authority having jurisdiction in your municipal city limits, that's great. But it's just uh, something you need to understand what all goes along with that. Mm-hmm. And even if they have jurisdiction, if they're not meeting the minimum fire codes, do you still have the authority to come in and do something? Yeah, state statute gives us that authority, that, that and that blankets the state. So if we knew that of any city, town, was not adhering to the minimum code, 
then we could come in and make sure that they were take steps to make sure that the code was being met. What other issues are you guys dealing with at the state fire marshal's office that you can talk about? Well, you know, again, we I think at one time we had upwards of around 20 agents blanketing in the state. Now we're down to 12. You know, I, I've been in this role since May. I answer to a commission, a seven-person commission, and all the commissioners are appointed by the governor. You know, I used to serve as a commissioner back in my, you know, time when I was working for the city. I think, again, just with the demand, increased demand that we're seeing on uh, building plans and make, and making sure that not only we're able to review those plans in a timely manner, it's almost an economic development issue that, you know, we're not holding businesses up from building their business, getting open, and so forth. You know, we want to make sure that we promote that. We're not holding it up in any way. That, uh, you know, we're going to have to grow the agency a little bit to be able to continue to maintain that turnaround time on plans review. And then with just 12 agents in the state, again, not only with their normal duties as far as going out and conducting those inspections and making sure that buildings are compliant, we're, we're pretty much a complaint-driven organization, meaning that people throughout the state, whether that be a local fire department that may know of somebody that their building is of a concern to them or whatever, uh, they contact us. So our agents are, again, not only just doing their normal duties as assigned to them, but you know, they get a fair amount of complaints that they have to work and making sure that, again, people are uh, complying with uh, code. You know, it's just the increased demand on our agency and the number of people we have right now to continue to provide customer service the way we believe we should. I think we need to grow the agency a little bit. Well, yeah, because you're still inspecting all the same Correct. things prior to the medical marijuana industry yeah. coming in. Yeah, and another issue that's really important to me, and maybe most important of all, when I took this role, Oklahoma, sadly to say, is one of the worst states in the country in terms of fire fatalities. So, you know, according to the last report that I looked at, I think we were four from the bottom, if that's a good way to put it, in terms of, uh, you know, your chances of dying in a fire in this state are about twice as much as that of the average population of the United States. And, you know, there's some things that we could do that I think could improve that pretty quickly if, you know, we got all of the public safety or the fire uh, service agencies across the state, the various groups that are out there, you know, a little bit better coordinated and working together on this issue, uh, looking at it from a state perspective and maybe instead of just so much of a local perspective. So that's something I would like to see improve again, but that's not going to be just our agency that does that. It's going to be a lot of either fire service and or other, you know, state agencies and not just state agencies, but some of the nonprofits as well, I think could be involved in that. That's something I think, you know, that if we worked at, got better coordination and on, on the efforts that are going on right now, we could we could make a pretty significant improvement in that. Good. Well, I think we're going to wrap up with that, but is there a website? Is it just State Fire Marshal's office? Well, they could contact me. We do have a website, so they okay. can look at the Oklahoma State Fire Marshal and see our website. Hopefully, we'll be doing some improvements with that over the next year. On the plans review part, for example, you know, we get a lot of calls of where are our plans in the process? You know, how, you know, are they moving through the uh, review and approval process? So we hope to have that information on there where 
people that have building plans in that uh, system can look on that and see what the status of those plans are. But other than that, yeah, they can contact me, Keith.Bryant at fire.ok.gov. Uh, get something directly to me, or again, they can go on our website and, and reach us through that. You had said that you have 12 agents throughout the mm-hmm. state. So is there a way for, is it on the website where they could go find out who the agent is in their area? Or I don't know if that map is up there right now, okay. but certainly if they contacted us, we could tell them who the closest agent to them in their area is that they could reach out to if they had a concern about something going on in their area. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. You're more than welcome. We hope you can take something away from this podcast that will help your city or town. You can find more information about OMAG on our website at www.omag.org or on our Facebook page. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or ideas for a podcast topic, please send them to allaccess at omag.org. On the next episode of OMAG All Access... One of the plant workers there uh, decided that they were, they were bored and wanted to watch some YouTube videos. So they tethered their phone uh, to this, you know, to this device so that they could give it internet. Mm-hmm. And almost immediately through uh, a phenomenon that's uh, referred to as uh, internet background radiation, um, where you have all these these bots and, and viruses that are still out there, you know, old I love you viruses and stuff oh, like wow. that, that are just sitting on old computers trying to look for, you know, something to infect. Uh, they see this almost immediately and, and all of a sudden this thing is infected by multiple viruses mm. and it's calling out to people to say, hey, I got one. Come check me out. You can you can take control of this. Fortunately, we, we did have that cybersecurity software on there and our, our 24-7 SOC, a security operations center, immediately got that alert, called somebody and said, hey, you've got something yeah. going on. <laughs> you might want to check this one out. This episode is copyright OMAG 2022 under the Creative Commons 4.0 Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives International License. For more information, please visit creativecommons.org.